What's up, headbangers? Welcome to another episode of the Talk Louder podcast, where we geek out on all things rock and roll. Hit that subscribe button on our YouTube channel. Leave us your likes and comments. You can also leave likes and comments on our Facebook page. Follow us on iTunes, Spotify, Instagram at talklouder underscore podcast. And of course, our website, talklouderpodcast.com. I'm Metal Dave, along with my co-host, Jason McMaster. And man, are we stoked today. We say that a lot of times on this show, man. I can't believe how lucky and blessed we are to get some of the guests that we've landed uh, since we've been doing this podcast. But uh, today we have Away, the drummer, the founding member of Voivod, the great progressive thrash metal band from Canada. And Jason and I are both big fans. Got to give a shout to Danko Jones for helping us hook this up. But man, what a treat. Uh, Voivod's got a brand new album out. We're going to talk about that. Um, I know that, Jason, in your days with Watchtower, you did a show with Voivod. Yeah, there's um, kind of an underground infamous show that happened at Liberty Lunch in the uh, summer of 86. Yeah. That's uh, back Celtic there, Frost, man. Voivod, and Watchtower. <clears throat> to, be, to be honest, Running Wild was on the bill, and it was a noise international tour. All the bands were on noise record label and um running wild i think had to go back or they never made it their visas or something an issue um i don't i don't recall but <clears throat> we were lucky enough to be thrown on as local support and um uh tom warrior was big watchtower fan so it was kind of a match made in heaven Wow. And it's it's kind of an infamous uh, sort of underground show, and you know maybe a couple hundred people there, you know, kind of a thing. In '86, yeah. that's a long time ago, dating myself. Of course, I was only two years old when that gig happened. <laughs> I wasn't born yet. Yeah, so I understand. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, and was then, that for Voivod? <clears throat> I was um, in the interview. I, I wanted to talk to uh, talk to away and tell my Piggy story. Piggy being the late uh, great. Uh, very influential. No one sounded like Piggy. As a matter no. of fact, Piggy, Piggy's guitar playing sort of set a standard for yes. Voivod. Yeah. Or the way the guitar needs to be attacked in Voivod. Approach. Very unorthodox. Yeah. Very unorthodox. The, the approach, the tunings he was probably using, who, who knows? The guy was a, a sorcerer. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, I remember me and some friends you know, it's sound check or whatever. And he's, there's these giant, uh, cases and they look like keyboard cases and they were, they're guitar cases, but they're odd, right? Yeah. They're oddly large. Yeah. And he's opening them up and he's tuning them and they look like weapons, you yes. know, they just, they're all like pointed and jagged and they look like, th you know, Chinese throwing stars or something, right. but giant. And yeah. we're like, where did you, you know, and there, there was a bit of an English barrier because they're French Canadian and this right. was in the eighties. And they, at that point, I don't think they had spent a whole hell of a lot of time. Uh, you know, I mean, anyway, I know they were there to speak. They spoke English, of course, but, uh, it was a little bit of broken English. Right. Yeah, sure. And so we were like, where did Oh my God, I've never seen anything like this. Me and my friends are just like hovering over it going, what in the tarnation is this? You know, yeah. and, uh, and he says, I make. Yeah. Yeah. I make guitars. He made those fucking things. Yeah. So yeah, his, his guitar. It, yeah. Go, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say between a ways sort of creative fire blazer, you know, flame that's never gone out sure i feel like everyone in that band has to have this certain uh undying Steel. fire i'll just stay with fire uh, that's yeah. never gonna burn out ever 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 um yeah. and so even even piggy uh the legacy is in the music you listen to a voivod record i know that what whoever has been in that band, they're looking to like it's kind of like whoever joins ACDC. They have to think of the Bond. They have to think of the Malcolm. You yeah. have to think of that when you're uh, extending the love you have uh, for what it, the product that you're creating that has to do with uh, 
what the what the idea originally uh, instated. And um, anyway, that's my piggy story, and and it goes. It was it happened that day uh, in June '86 when uh, I was lucky enough to hang around with heavy metal greatness. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Their guitars were something else, man. Just like big broken shards of black ice, you know. And I yeah. remember seeing them on the first time I saw the uh, the images of them. I was like, oh my god, these guitars yeah. look like medieval I'm, weapons or something. Blackie's basses too. He made those too. Yeah, that bass was so evil looking. Man yeah. had the upside down headstock, and the it was. I mean, it was like. It was like a more wicked BC Rich Warlock, if you can imagine. You, you realize our intros are starting to get longer and longer. <laughs> well, we're talking about Voivod. <laughs> Voivod is one of those bands that's a reason why we have this podcast, because we could talk about their, their, their guitars for yeah. an episode, you know? Yeah, shall we, shall we confess the things that we confessed the other day? That sure. we, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So... So, you know, my my knowledge of Voivod is actually fairly m minuscule. Um, you know, Roar, War and Pain, Killing Technology, and then I kind of like, my mind is blown with just those that I kind of fall short at that point. And then yeah. I realize in, in just a few years' time, I realize... Oh, they're they're on a major label now, and I guess that would have been Nothing Face. Uh, maybe yeah. what what label was Angel Route on? Uh, I think uh, Nothing Face was on MCA, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, and well that's that's a major label. Yeah, and, I, and Angel Rat was and Angel Rat followed it, so it was. Yeah. I don't know if it was still MCA, but I'm betting it was still a major label since the, yeah. the previous album was a major. Okay, so there's my there's my confession. It's like, uh, you know, but but the the crazy thing is, is every time I hear Voivod and in, in in any capacity. I can stand up and go, that's Voivod. Sure. Yeah, immediately identifiable for sure. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. That's right. Yeah. So you either know Voivod and that whole thing, or you do not know Voivod at all. Right. Like, you right. know, wow, what is this? That's, you know, that's weird. And I'll go, it must be Voivod. You know? Yeah. My my confession is, um, as I mentioned, the first Voivod album I ever bought was Roar. And it was their second album. So, of course, they're on a shoestring budget, tiny label. And I bought it because of the way they looked. And then I brought it home and I tried to listen to it. And I was like, oh, my God, it was so abrasive. Yes. I, I couldn't, I, my ears couldn't handle it, you know, because I, I come from the Iron Maiden Judas Priest school. Sure. And this and this this noise coming off the turntable was just more than I could handle. I'd never heard anything quite so. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. This is how you're introduced to this shit. Carry yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. I keep going back to the word abrasive because it was just so nails on a chalkboard to me, and I, I was it. That was it. I was done. I was like, well, I bought the album. Uh, it looked good. Doesn't sound great. I'm kind of done with Voivod. And then um, my buddy Al Kelly, who I've talked about numerous times on this show, he bought the Dimension Hatros record. He let's was call like him. A, him. He's a source. Yeah, and he was like you. He was into the war and pain and the killing technology and the roar. I had given up on Voivod, and I went over to his house one day, and he goes, have you heard the new uh, Voivod record? It, and it, at the time, it was Dimension Hatros. And I said, nah, dude, ha not really a Voivod guy. And he's like, dude, you got to hear this. And he put it on, and I went, oh, my God, I can't believe this is the same band. It's like leaps and bounds from where, uh, where I left off with roar. And I think a lot of people say in the case of Voivod, there's a transitory period between Killing Technology and Dimension Hatros where they really started started to develop what became their core sound. And then I think they capitalized on it with Dimension leading into Nothing Face. And because of that reintroduction to them by way of Dimension, I thought Nothing Face was just amazing. And for the longest time, it was my favorite Voivod record. And probably, you know, today I'm kind of partial to Angel Rat and The Outer Limits, which came after Angel Rat. So I, that's my trifecta right there, much like you have a trifecta in the beginning of their career. I kind of pick up on the Nothing Face, Angel Rat, Outer Limits trifecta. 
and then as we learned, you know, they, they just put out their 15th studio album. So there's a huge gap of material between then and now, some of which was very widely recognized. Uh, they did an album called The Wake that won what I think is the equivalent of a Grammy in their native Canada. Um, so they've been doing uh, they've been doing a lot of things that have been widely recognized in other parts of the world. And, you know, 40 years later, they got this new album, Synchro Anarchy, and you and I have been privy to it. They, they sent it to us and you and I have been comparing notes going, yeah, this is another classic Voivod record. So I love, I think, I think that the production to, to dig in here, because I could talk about my early experiences with Voivod, which are, I mean, 82, 82, 83, 84, 85, 86. I mean, those that went from the band's beginnings they were sort of like, uh, uh, you know, you think about all of the the black metal hadn't really taken yet. Yeah. There's not, you know, the black metal, that's a Venom album. Yeah. You know? Right. Yeah. You know it's what I mean? Genre, like, it's an album title. Like yeah. Floridian death metal had, it was being spawned at that time. It, I don't think that it was like on everyone's playlist, you know? Yeah. Uh, so that was it was it was a budding thing. And Voivod is one of those bands that if someone listened to the first couple of records, they might be, is this black metal? What the hell is this? You know, is this the new Bathory record? No, it's Voivod. <laughs> it's it's completely different than where your brain wants to go now when you listen to those. I'll call them lo-fi recordings yeah. where it just, you know, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, but that was kind of a thing. Uh, by way of, of time and technology. Yeah. Um, it, it was kind of a sought after, like the, the you know, Bathory, I think, would, would say, like, you know, give me the cheapest microphone you got. Here you go. That's a $5 microphone. Awesome. I'm going to record guitars, drums, and vocals <laughs> on this microphone. Yeah. <laughs> and that was the new Bathory. Well, I'm not right. saying Voivod did that, but when you right. fast forward to now, the new record, which is called again, Synchro Anarchy. That's correct. The tones, it sounds perfect. Yeah. You can hear every note that everyone is playing and singing. Yeah. Every note. You can hear every note. Yet it's still apocalyptic and sort of like mind screwy, right? Yeah. That you want when you listen to a Voivod. It's a beautiful disaster. And I think that it's important to... Uh, to recognize that and the fact that that it's 40 years later um, yeah. they have a movie coming out they have you know away's got art books uh we're going to talk to them a little bit about that and and uh and how you can you can apparently you can buy his books directly from him and he'll draw you a little picture and sign it yeah a little holy a little, shit a doodle that's, from away yeah that's right that's crazy yeah. cool I think I'll, I should also point out that the new album Synchro Anarchy. I think there's a there's going to be a deluxe edition that contains some live tracks. Uh, you're, you're right. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a live a bonus disc, a live yeah. record. And, and so cool. listeners be on the lookout for that as well. Um, yeah, but I don't think we should keep people waiting anymore, man. We we've been babbling about Voivod because we're such nerds on Voivod, but we have a way with us today and. Uh, Right here on the Talk Louder podcast, we couldn't be happier. Do you prefer us to call you by uh, away, or or do you, is it is it Michael or my uh, Michelle? It's Michelle, but uh, everybody call everybody calls me away, so it's all right. I, f I figured they did because yeah. you are away, right? <laughs> Even I like. If uh, one day I decide that I don't like the nickname, and even if I tell the other guys, don't call me away, they'll be like, okay, away. <laughs> <laughs> you know that it's true. You know yeah. that it's true. So so let me let me just stop right there, if I may, and, and tell me, where did the nickname away come from? Because the other guys in the band throughout the course of Voivod had nicknames like Snake and Blackie, and those all kind of... They, they weren't as abstract as Away. So so what is the origins of Away? Well, it, it goes back to uh, <clears throat> 83 um, when uh, we're trying to uh, 
uh, find uh, nicknames and um, because uh, you know uh, I being Michel Langevin and then Denis Belanger, Denis Damour, we thought nobody's going to remember that. So we thought, okay, let's find nicknames that will be catchy and uh, like a mixture of uh, Venom, the Ramones and the Banana Splits. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, uh, exactly. And, and <laughs> so so uh, on my end, um, I was at this time um, going to university in science and I could not really keep up with the daily um, uh, rehearsal and uh, homework. So sometimes I would show up very late or not at all. And uh, uh, also whenever I was at the jam space with the guys, I would always draw stuff. And uh, so it's a mixture of both. Uh, so uh, my, my abstract drawings and uh, the fact that I, would, I was a bit absent at times. <laughs> I, I get it. it. That's easy to understand. It. Where where's Michelle? He's away. He's away. <laughs> get it. I love it. I love it. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Um, I've always you, been curious. You speaking of drawings, I have to uh talk about the elephant in the room. So uh, you know, I'm in this band Broken Teeth, and you did that logo on David's shirt. Of course. Uh, yeah, through our friend, uh, of course, Danko Jones, who's quite a bit responsible for hooking us up with your, your press agent. So uh, cheers to Danko and cheers to Danko for hooking uh, us up with, with you to do that logo. Uh, God, that seems like years and years. It seems like 10 years ago now or something you did that. Probably, um, yeah. You said you were always like drawing things you know, at the jam space, uh, you know, probably before or after rehearsal, whenever you showed up. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, was that something from a childhood? Would you all, were you always, I mean, surely that's kind of, it's, it's not a great question, but I'm interested, I'm interested to hear your response because you've had some longevity. You've done tons of album covers and logos for, for bands mm -hmm. that you they, they just call you because they fell in love with the style that you created just by doodling, you know, by just blah, right? Just anything yeah. that comes out. Uh, I, I love how apocalyptic it is via Voivod because of the covers mm -hmm. and the lyrical content, et cetera, and the style of music. Um, it fits so well and you have like, you know, like scratched this massive crevice in the earth that will be remembered as a legacy of not only your music, but your artwork. So your beginnings of when you knew that you were just kind of messing around, whether you felt like it was real good or that you had a future in it or whatever, <laughs> you know, what would, what'd you start off to doodling and what was it? Was it similar to where you are now with your art or was it just like, well, Mickey Mouse. Well, yeah, first it was more cartoon oriented. The, the first one I remember drawing, I was super young. It's Atom Ant, um, cool cartoon by uh, Hannah Barbara and, and um, from the 60s, I believe. And uh, yeah. uh, I was like uh, four or five, you know. Uh, uh, and uh, as far as I, I can remember, I always drew stuff, you know. But um, uh, it's really when uh, in the mid seventies, I discovered the magazine, Heavy Metal, a comic book magazine. Yes, uh, it was actually called Metal Hurlant uh, back then and then became Heavy Metal. And then uh, I was blown away. Um, I was about maybe 13 or so. And um, uh, all these artists, uh, artists uh, Moebius, Bilal, uh, Philippe Drouillet, which I copied a lot, really blew my mind. And it's, um, so I started my uh, my art started to be more uh, sci-fi oriented, and um, a touch of Dungeon and Dragons, and so um, um, it's only like uh, at the end of the seventies that I started developing the Voivod character and the Planet Morgoth, and um, just just to uh, because I, I uh, really wanted in the future to be a comic book artist for the magazine Heavy Metal. And um, slowly, um, with the Cold War happening, and it turned into more of an apocalyptic um, 
concept and my art also switched um there were a couple of things that um uh, made me um, aware of nuclear stockpiles around the world, uh, like hardcore bands, um, or, um, anarchist uh, punk bands from UK, and um, a great documentary um, from the National Film Board of Canada. I think it's called um, If You Love This Planet. And... Uh, so I, I started to be more focused on the prospect of nuclear confrontation and all that. And, but it's in 83 uh, when uh, uh, Snake joined and we, uh, we're trying to find a name. And that's, re that's where I explained to them that I had this concept for a, a comic book, uh, uh, Voivod and all that. And so uh, they thought it'd be uh, really cool. And... Um, um, we ended up developing the, the story through the 80s, but I had to really reflect, like, okay, um, I have to go back to 1980 when I saw the first Iron Maiden album um, in, a, in, uh, in a store, and um, uh, it really stuck out amongst other covers, and I grabbed it immediately, and I looked at it, and I thought, this is my new favorite band. And then I bought the album, I brought it home, and then I put the needle on, and they were exactly what I wished they would be, you know? Punk, metal, prog, got everything mixed together. And I uh, later on, um, when I did the front cover for War and Pain, I had that in mind. I, I, I thought, okay, let's represent the music, the lyrics visually the best that I can. And um, uh, and I have to make sure that it will attract the eye of uh, the kid coming into the store, and then um, uh, then I have to make sure that the, the kid can look. There's enough details that the kid can look at it while the music is playing and all that, you know. And um, problem was I had never painted before, and. Uh, uh, it's uh, on, uh, in high school. I did one painting in art class for my grandmother. That was it. And um, uh, so I learned years later that Middle Blade were really scared because the drummer was doing the front cover. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> but, in, but anyhow, I was able to um, uh, represent uh, the the. Um, nuclear war style that we had, uh, you know, uh, with the, the nuclear vampire and all that. So sort of an overview of uh, uh, where I am, um, uh, like how my art progressed, but there were also movies that really changed the way I, I, uh, I would do my art, like Eraserhead or Pink Floyd, The Wall, you know, and mm -hmm. uh, so, um, yeah, but I must, I must say that the, the person that influenced me the most is Philippe Drouillet from Heavy Metal Magazine. Wow. Yeah. Well, yeah, you obviously have a very distinct style. And I love that you pointed out uh, the first Iron Maiden album because Derek Riggs, of course, had a very distinct style. And you can look at a Voivod album immediately from across the room. And you know that's a Voivod album because the artwork is very distinct. We joke about this T-shirt that I'm wearing the broken teeth t-shirt that you did. And I call it the marching pitchforks. That's what I call it. <laughs> because it's got the, the marching pitchforks. And and <laughs> as cool as the shirt is, my favorite part about it is is your name down in the lower. I agree 100%. <laughs> it's like, thank you for the awesome artwork because it's fucking great. Yeah. But my but the coolest part, did you see who did you see who drew it? Yeah, it's this it's this little little piece down here that says the, away. That's you know, I'm like you're lifting cool. up your shirt to show them your name instead of like just you know. Yeah, it's it's funny because I, I did tons of uh, commissioned art and yeah. every time I get the answer back it's great but can you put your name down in the corner <laughs> <laughs> absolutely yeah well yeah. that's that you should you should uh, feel the love and respect by them asking for that just that little touch because yeah, um, yeah I do I, I, I don't take it for granted and I, I'm, yeah. uh, I'm lucky because 
especially during the pandemic, uh, uh, Voivod is having a great momentum these these days, and and we're growing in popularity. And I can benefit from that in the sense that my art is even more out there, and I, I have a lot of demand for uh, to do uh, other stuff. Uh, which is absolutely great. So, um, uh, so I can whenever come find that at least I can rely on uh, my art. Yeah. Sure. Well, yeah. well, uh, the I don't know if you. I mean, you may remember me like as like a total yeah. fanboy jumping up and down, away, 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 away. <laughs> when I saw Danko's logo on a patch or somewhere, and I was like. Or he could have been wearing a, the patch or something on it, sewn to a hoodie or something somewhere. And I said, "Oh my God, Away did that!" And he's like, "Yeah." Uh, and I and I said, "Oh my God!" Uh, and I just had this vision of what the Broken Teeth logo would be uh, in your style. And I I said, "He's like, I can hook you up." And then it happened, and. I like vomited out, you know, an army of marching pitchforks with a, a, the burned out cities behind them and the logo in your style and blah, 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 blah. And it was like two days later. <laughs> you know, it was, you were, you seem seemingly work pretty fast. Let's jump forward to the new record. Yeah. An album cover like that. And then we'll talk about the music, of course. An album cover like that, how long, because it's it's very uh, different than War and Pain and Killing Technology and Roar and da 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 yeah. uh, You guys have a lot of fucking records out. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's getting harder to find a set list out, actually, if to go on the road. <laughs> I'm sure. How long did the new album art take for you to do? Well, um, I did it fairly quickly for um, uh, for uh, the front cover, but uh, the thing is, um, when we started recording uh, in June of last year, uh, and it's also when the festival started again in the province of Quebec. So we were playing festivals during the weekend and recording during the week, like in the good good old Deep Purple Black Sabbath days. You know, yes, yeah. <laughs> it was super intense. And um, uh, but so we did it over many many sessions, and every time I would draw something in black and white, representing the song we were working on, mm -hmm. and I ended up having um, a drawing for every song, and all of them were in black and white. I wanted it to look a bit like old engravings, and um, uh, so at the end, uh, I mean the, the the drawings are a bit abstract, but they are influenced by the music and the lyrics while we are recording or mixing, and so That's um, cool. uh, and um, at the end, I had to do the front cover, and I wanted to capture an impending doom feeling that represents the music and also the lyrics, which is influenced by the atmosphere on the planet Earth right now, and yes. so. Um, so I kept it black and white because I thought first, okay, I, I can throw a whole bunch of colors, but it's going to clash with all the black and white drawings. And even the, the, the band photo is, is in black and white in the booklet. So I went for the black and white approach, hoping that people would, wouldn't think that I, I was lazy. <laughs> and, uh, but, um, uh, it, it, it's, uh, it really has uh, the, the dark vibe I was, uh, hoping uh, or, or aiming for because the album might be a bit darker than um, the wake, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So we're we're talking about Synchro Anarchy, your fifteenth studio album, and um, I, I like the fact that you kept everything black and white because black and white you don't get any starker in contrast than black and white, and what you just described lends itself to a sort of a starkness. And, um, and I, I just think it's another great Away album cover and another great uh, Voivod album. Um, I just saw the video for Planet Eaters, which is filled with your artwork in an animated form. Um, and I thought the art, I thought the video was awesome. I love how your artwork translates into video. Um, it, it seems to lend itself very well to the sort of animated format. Can you talk a little bit about how you go from the... The, the 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 artwork the still art and turning it into a video the animation process well um, um i have a, a friend uh, in france pierre menetrier who was a genius at that and 
It's actually last year, in er, uh, early last year, um, when this fan video popped online, it was actually made 30 years ago at school uh, on an Amiga computer and uh, for the song Nothing Face from uh, the album Nothing Face. And uh, uh, so um, uh, the video, even though it was made 30 years ago, was it, it, it the masters were lost and uh, they were rediscovered. So nobody had seen that video before and including me, I was blown away because I worked with uh, a Commodore Amiga in the 80s and early 90s. And I know how hard it was to achieve anything, um, uh, but uh, the result was so spectacular uh, for like a kid at school 30 years ago. And uh, I contacted the guy immediately asked, and I asked him if um, he wanted to do the video for the, um, uh, the first single, Planet Eaters. And uh, so I supplied all the art I did for the new album. And then he started asking me for specific artwork like uh, flying saucers or uh, factories. So I basically supplied art from 1983 to uh, 2021. And, uh, and he integrated the whole thing in such a Voivodian way. Uh, I had no doubt it would be spectacular, but it's, uh, it's uh, out of this world. You know, the yeah. guy is really talented. It really, it really is a great video. Um, and the album, uh, we should talk a little bit about it as well. It's your 15th album. You've been doing this for 40 years. And you obviously have nothing more to prove to your peers and your audience and your fans. But after 40 years, is there anything left to prove to yourself? Um, well, we, we've, we've tried a few things where we... Uh, we played with uh, a brass quintet at the Montreal Jazz Fest, or we had the string quartet and in the studio for the wake. Joey is really good at writing charts because he's, he teaches uh, music at college. So uh, he's really well-versed and a great composer. So um, I think my um, uh, we've been trying to explore many, many different avenues, and it seems to be paying off because people are embracing it, this fusion metal thing, you know? But my dream would be for Voiva to play with a symphonic orchestra. That would be the ultimate challenge where if I uh, screw up, everybody does. <laughs> <laughs> Taking them all down, yeah. So I can't, I can't get past the first song. I mean, I've listened to the whole record and it's fucking awesome. Yeah. I, can't, I keep going back to the first song, Paranormalium. Am I saying that right? Yes. Yeah. The 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 fact that you have uh, you know guitar riff, which could be like an old school thrash, you know, sort of blasty yeah. sort of thing. But you guys are coming. You guys are swinging over. So Chewie's playing this Metallica. You know, sorry, but you know, thrashy Exodus type of a, of of a thing, and you guys are going doom to da da doom to da da do da da, and I'm like, your mind is going. You know, you have this, and then you have dun dun dun. That you know, you have this like dance, and I'm not special, but the fact that someone who appreciates progress progressive metal would have to probably listen to that a couple of times to hear those two items not clashing together <laughs> or beautiful disaster, right? This sort yeah, of like yeah. conjuring of sorts. Yeah. And that is what makes the sort of fusion or prog metal or whatever that you guys were on uh, some sort of forefront. And my old band Watchtower was yeah. that same realm and just didn't was not as prolific uh didn't have uh the the energy that you guys had as far as if i may pause for a second you guys are busy as shit because <laughs> I, your discography your 15 releases if you look at the time between yeah your first like five things or whatever it's like one every year your yeah. release dates are subsequent. They're like machine gun yeah. fire. 
And then at that point, there's like two years, one year, one year, three years, but no longer than like two or three years. Mm-hmm. The fact that you're writing this sort of uh, uh, mind fucking, beautiful mind fucking music, uh, you, you are prolific. You you you're starting to play even more now. You've had some uh, lineup change. Oh, just in your forty years, of course. That just I mean that's it's a monolith that you're having to, (laughs) you're riding this giant beast that you have created. So every once in a while, someone might fall off. Um, Is it with the newest lineup? Because I could talk about Piggy and Blackie and, and uh, I have a story about Piggy that I want to tell, but um, do you find that like in writing the new record, especially during the pandemic what you know, your bio says, talks a little bit about how intense it was writing the songs mm-hmm. that you may or may not have been able to be in a room together to write all of that. And it's very normal, as you know, for people to write their parts at home and may even sometimes record them and upload them and send them to the engineer. And that's kind of normal now. Tell us a little bit about the recording, but more even the writing of this new record. Well, like many bands, you know, um, it was in mid-March uh, 2020 when the lockdown happened and we were uh, all of a sudden stuck at home and had to find a new way of moving forward. And uh, we had some uh, improvisations and riffs that we had recorded uh, in early 2020. And that's really, that's all we had were uh, snippets of ideas and, and recordings and improvisations. And so for a while, we had to build the album while socially distancing, uh, sharing files, and I programmed the drums uh, on the computer for the demos. And Snake at first, when we didn't, we stopped having access to the jam space. Snake said, I'm going to build a studio in my house so we can meet and write the album. But as soon as he finished uh, isolating a room, the restrictions got more severe and we couldn't meet in a private house. So he also did um, uh, a lot of the work uh, alone and I can feel that in the lyrics and uh, wow. um, yeah. so yeah so it was a big puzzle and I must say when we uh, uh, um, ended up going to in the, in the studio to record the whole thing on a real drum and all that we were not 100% prepared like we we were for the wake or because we didn't rehearse that much we uh, um, whenever we could get in a room uh, we we would uh, play an online show to revisit Nothing Face or Dimension Hatteras I think that might have rubbed on the writing of the album, though. And um, so, um, yeah. But uh, the thing is, the fact that we were trying to stick bits together like that, at one point, Chewie was trying to rearrange uh, everything into an album, and I was sticking together bits that we had rejected. And it might have contributed to this prog rock approach of the new album, where we can turn on a dime and stuff like that. And um, also, at one point, I was programming beats um, without music, and I, I would throw, throw that to Rocky and Chewie and see what they would come up with. And uh, I really took the opportunity to throw in some post-punk beats with toms. And uh, so there's a lot of that on the album. So in a way, the circumstances um, made this album a bit different. And um, um, but the formula, it, it kind of slowed down the process a bit, but uh, the, now that we found the formula, I think it's going um, uh, to be helpful and it's going to uh, be handy for the, I think the next releases will be less apart. So we'll, have, we'll have, even have like an even bigger catalog. I mean, you need a r- pretty big obstacle for Voivod to... Uh, uh, stop uh, working. <laughs> sure. We just keep moving. Uh, yeah. Even last year, I, I took the opportunity to work on uh, the NC catalog and the noise catalog. So there'll be a lot of reissues this year, and uh, and also trying we're trying to wrap up the We Are Connected movie with Felipe Belalcazar, and um, uh, and next year for the 40th anniversary, we ha- will have a book out and uh, some sort of great assets. And um, we all, it's going to be also the 
the 20th anniversary for the, the album we did with Jason in 2003, the self-titled. So we want to re-release it. So the, the, the thing is, uh, the, the, the trick is to always keep moving. And I must say that people in Voivod are so loyal. We always feel like they deserve something new. So it, it keeps us going as well. Yeah. You know, um, I, I don't know how much time we have today with you because we could we've got, uh, you know, so much to cover. Uh, but I do want to number one, I want to say my very first stage dive was at a Voivod concert on the Dimension Hatros tour. Yes. Yeah, where? <laughs> in San Antonio at a club called Sneakers in San oh, Antonio, yeah, Texas. Yeah, yeah. You, you guys were out touring with violence and uh, I was there and it was yeah. the first time I was brave enough to get on stage and dive off. And I think I only did it one more time in my career. And I said, that's enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> But I wanted to ask you, um, there's so much great music to talk about when we're talking about Voivod and so many great records. Um, and, and if I may, my, my personal favorite, I think, is probably Angel Rat. And mm. I wanted you to talk a little bit about that album. It was produced by Terry Brown, who I know you greatly respect from his work with Rush. Um, obviously, a, an influence on you and, and your music. Um, but it's kind of also considered sort of the the underdog album in the Voivod catalog in many ways. So can you just tell talk a little bit about the making of that album and how you look at it in retrospect? Well, I only have, um, hold on, a minute left, oh. two, two minutes left, but I can I can definitely, um, because I have another interview, but okay. I can definitely tell That's you what fine. happened was, it's in 1990, we, we toured with uh, Stone Garden and Fit No More. This had a strong impact on us where we... Uh, we saw the wind change where music was becoming more alternative and, and it had uh, an influence on our writing, I'm pretty sure. And uh, so um, the, the Android album was a bit alternative in a way, but of course all eyes were turned on Seattle. So it went under the radar, uh, but uh, these days, 30 years later, um, it, it's uh, kind of worshiped by many people into Voivod, uh, which just, it just shows that, um, we were doing the right thing, but it was out of sync. But with Voivod, we always write the music that we want to play live at this specific time. Yeah. And, um, and, but um, uh, down the road, we are respected for it, you know, uh, yeah. I think. Yeah. Do you have one minute to tell us what it was like working with Jason Newstead? Jason is great. Um, uh, I really like him. I miss him. We're still in touch. Whenever we cross paths, he jumps on stage and plays Voivod with us, uh, with two bays, Rocky and Jason. It was such a drive. And also, he uh, um, when he joined Voivod, he also joined Ozzy's band. And um, um, he was... Um, so we brought a lot of spotlight on uh, Voivod, and also we we had some great tours in 2003, uh, opening for Ozzy, where he was playing two shows every night. Uh, such a warrior. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Big time. Well, away. Uh, I can't thank you enough for your time. We could talk all day long with you. I, I hope that we could have you back. Yeah, uh, sure. With a little more, yeah. little bit more time, we would love to have you again, so we can go a little longer because there's so much. We didn't even talk about your book, the book that you have out with all of your artwork. Can you tell us where people can find that? Is there a website? Yeah, yeah. is where my uh, books are available. Okay, great, great. And I, I do the shipping and everything. I draw something. I mean. Uh, I sign everything and uh, wow. yeah, it's fun. It's pretty fun. Yeah, that's fantastic. <laughs> that's well, we, we love you. Just so you yeah. know. All right, all right. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank away. you. Have, a great, have a great it. day. Thank Stay you so safe much. Now. Yep. Thank you, you too. Wow. I, that was short but sweet. What a He is. God, I just want to give him a hug. I know. The guy man. is genius and so lovable. I have a list of questions here that we barely got to scratch, but I hit the highlights on for me personally. Anyway, I wanted yeah, to talk I, about I, Angel Rat and Newstead. There's there's so many there's so many just fanboy moments that I want to just get in there and snuggle with with, <laughs> yeah. with him, you know, and talk about talk about you know campfire shit, you know, and yeah, yeah, because it's like them as people, you know, it's like, well. Well, shit, what do you guys do for money? <laughs> <laughs> you, yeah. you know, do you, do you, 
Do you work at Dunkin' Donuts or? Well, that, you know, that's the thing. In, in America, we, you know, they're, they're still a very, very underground band, but in, in their native you know, country of Canada, they've won like the equivalent of Grammys and, and things yeah. like that. Well, and, 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 and let's not, not, I'm sorry to interrupt, but uh, the government there helps, helps your, yeah. your art because if you're serious and you're good and you, you book tours and you, and you create product, et cetera, you're giving another group of yeah. Canadians, uh, you know, uh, a job it supports and so the, the economy the government gives you a grant and yeah. i i didn't you know that's not something that america does america right. gives grants but they're not as supportive as like well if you have a band and you're cre yeah you just fill out this form and right we support you in canada they recognize that if you're a you know a serious professional band that not only is your are you're being a successful uh, professional band is supporting a road crew, a production staff, a record label. Those are That's all right. jobs. Those are all people that aren't unemployed now. And, and right. the government recognizes that. The same thing happens. Uh, the same thing happens in Norway, I believe. Uh, Zurich uh, in, you know, Switzerland, I believe. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's, it's that's a, a it's whole a thing other, in other countries that, the whole other show. Yeah, the arts in other countries are sort of recognized as an economic driver, and and here in the states, they're the arts are kind of considered a disposable commodity. Anyway, that would be a question that I would I might feel weird asking him, you know, when we're doing PR for his new record. But it's I'm interested. Yeah, sure. I'm interested but, to see how those guys have basically stayed so young at heart. Even though, you know, we know their age. Those guys are our age. Yeah, for you know, sure. They're, they're in their 50s. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, wow. That was what great, a, man. What a great, what a great man. What a great band. What a great new record. Yeah. I was listening to it again this morning. I think my new favorite song is The World Today. It's kind of got a more of an upbeat sort of punky kind of vibe to it. <clears throat> and that video to Planet Eaters. Uh, check that out. I, you know, we, me and the family just went and saw Tool the other night. And if you watch the Planet Eaters video, it's like a primitive version of something Tool would do with the, the animation just kind of crashing yeah. into each other and stuff. And it's of course, of course, all very sci-fi and stuff. Um, it's yeah, a, you know, he the way that that Away talks about his art is is similar to what you're describing at a tool or Pink Floyd, the wall, or, you know, a lot of the things that Away even talked about. Yeah. So, so I, I really feel like, um, they're one of these bands that, uh, are unstoppable and have continued to become with every release and every record and every different label they've been on and every probably every different producer or manager that they've had, they're still uh, thinking about it as a business, but from it's coming from the right place. I mean, even when he when we asked him about him going into a store, picking up the first Iron Maiden record, fast forward a little bit to he's in Voivod painting the first album, first Voivod album cover. He said he never painted an album cover before. And he's, you heard, he, you hear him say, the first thing he says, I'm thinking about the kid walking into the store yeah. and their reaction. I'm thinking about the kid at home an hour later, listening to the record, staring into the, the you know uh depths of you know wow the whole yeah. thing and turning it reading the fine print and just totally and then flipping the record over and doing it again like almost like a time warp yeah uh, because we're all guilty of that as fans people yeah. of a certain age anyway I, now I, you just press a button and music comes on that's there's no ritual right. he's talking about the ritual but the, the point ritual. i was i was making just now the point i was just making is that he's thinking of a business standpoint. Here he is, a teenager making painting an album cover, but he's thinking of it as a product. 
Right. What's going to catch I, your eye? That's right. But yeah. but you wouldn't think, oh, Voivod, they don't care about, you know, corporate this and they're they're against the man. You know, they're trying to tear down the man. Sure, sure they are. But they're yeah. also a business and that's why they've they've been able to uh, elongate their career with uh, even even with the bumps and ups and downs and and with nothing but love and respect for anyone and everyone they've worked with. I'll go one further and I'll say that he's not I, I don't think he was necessarily looking at it so much as as a, as a from a business perspective as much as he was looking at it from a fan's perspective. That's well, what that, God was on. And it translated because he was smart enough to to make that transition. But first and foremost, well, I think like, that how that, can I, I I'm sorry to interrupt, but I think that that's the same thing here. Yeah. Because a fan buys the record. Yeah. And I said, I, I've said it a hundred million times on this podcast that I, you can never underestimate the value of a great band name or a great album cover. And I'll tell you the first time I bought a Voivod record, I'd never even heard of the band Voivod and I never heard a single Voivod song. And it happened to be, in my case, it was the Roar album, which is their second album. And I looked at the artwork and I was intrigued. And then I turned it over and here's something different on the backside, there's photos of the individual band members playing. And I looked at that band and I went, I've never seen a band look more metal than these dudes, the bullet belts, the jagged guitars, the guitars, they look like weapons. They've got, you know, bullets and grenades and all this stuff hanging off them and, and the leather gauntlets and everything. And I was like, Oh my God, I have to have this. And so that goes back to his point of creating a visual that's so captivating that you can't walk away from it. And that's how I was introduced to Voivod. It was the visual that got my attention, but way before the name or the music. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> it's an interesting uh, sort of retrospect that you that you brought up. It's like. Now I bet they just wear t-shirts and jeans on stage. Yeah. I don't yeah, yeah, think yeah. I don't think that but when you think about when you're a teenager and you're in a, a rock and roll band just to uh you know put it in a, in a pinpoint sure. um you know you're people don't like to hear this but you are you have followed a trend of things that you are influenced by. Just like when he was talking about we did all these shows with Soundgarden and our music started to sound like that a little bit. And whether it was intentional or not, it's now we have this cult following that loves that record. Yeah. Um, Angel Rat. Yeah. Yeah. So so when you think about the first back of the first couple of records, first three records, and they're wearing grenade belts and and bandoleros and <laughs> yeah. and their hair is greasy and and they they they're wearing even black eye paint and camouflage and, yeah and like and like cargo pants like they're it's like part rambo part, part mad max <laughs> yeah and it's all of those awesome things that they were into that they're also that their music reflected so it's yeah. important to know that that the trends they follow are because they're in love with that and it's yeah. influencing them and that's okay. Yeah. That's all right. It's all right. Those trends are what you want. It's so, the visual extension of your music. That's right. There's nothing yeah. wrong with that. Yeah. At all. No, that so, was, that was great fun. Yeah. Yeah. And th thank, thank you. you to Danko Jones. <laughs> You're reading my mind. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Sir, Sir Danko, he should be knighted. Yes. Uh, thank you, Sir Danko Jones, for for hooking this up right. and just being uh, just being the the fire under everyone's ass that has anything to do with rock and roll. Cheers yeah. to Danko. Yes, indeed. 